this episode of the Full Nerd RTX 3050 review, RX 65 XT prices, and 4K Blu-ray is dead on PC. Welcome to episode 203 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yi. Everybody. And Anne and Patrick Murray, of course, controlling the vertical and horizontal. It's true. We're we're doing a, a home edition. There's a, you know, and we're doing it later in the week. It's, you know, schedules happen, things move. Uh, but we're here to talk about some some fun GPU stuff. Oh, man. This is two two weeks in a row with uh, GPU talk. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but Brad, it sounds like uh, sounds like there there's a a, a 1080p challenger that uh, just came out that, that you reviewed, correct? I did, yes. The RTX 3050 uh, reviews went live yesterday. Uh, actual availability went live today. Uh, it is a two hundred and fifty dollar graphics card that can play 1080p games uh, on pretty much maxed out settings and hit 60 frames per second, sometimes a lot higher. Some games, if they're especially strenuous, you might have to drop some settings down to get to that 60 frames per second. Like, uh, you can't play Borderlands 3 on badass mode, but you wouldn't expect to with the $250 GPU. Uh, you'd have to drop that down to higher ultra. Uh, but in general, you know, it kicks all kinds of butt at 250 bucks. It is built in the traditional form. Uh, so it has normal eight gigs of memory. It has 128 bit bus. Uh, it's very much the opposite of what AMD is attempting with its own budget card, the $200 Radeon RX 6500 XT. Uh, and pricing remains to be seen. Uh, it launched at 250 bucks. Uh, those sold out instantly. I think all of these sold out instantly this morning or close to instantly. Uh, every manufacturer is offering at least I actually have an email about this. At least one $250 model. But one second while I pull that up. 100. Yeah, every manufacturer, Asus, EVGA, Gigabyte, MSI, and Zotac all have a $249 model. Uh, but beyond that, they're all offering overclocked and, you know, fancy feature field models that are much more expensive. Uh, 349, 379, 399. Asus goes up to 439 and 489, like MSRP. So we'll see how the pricing goes for this in the next few days. But if you can get it for around $250, uh, it's not super inspiring because it's a little bit faster than a 1660 Ti was for roughly the same amount of money two years ago. That came out at 280 bucks. Uh, this is not quite as fast as the 2060 was in traditional rasterized gaming. Uh, it is roughly on par with the 2060 in ray tracing and DLSS, which is a big boon for this card. You know, if more games pick up DLSS, this can help it punch above its weight class. Uh, it's a hundred dollars more than the GTX 1650 was, which is obviously a bummer. Uh, and again, it's probably not going to be that price on the streets. So if you can get it for around 250 bucks, not super inspiring historically, but great in today's real world terms. Uh, the question is going to be: Do you get it for that two hundred and fifty bucks? Yeah, is it, and it's a full um, eight lanes or sixteen sixteen lanes of Gen four. Uh, I think this one is eight lanes. Oh, interesting. I forget. Hmm. 
Yeah. Which would be fine, which would be totally yeah, fine. It doesn't, so, doesn't matter that much, but yeah, it's either eight or 16, uh, which would be totally fine. The issue with the Radeon RX 6500 XT is that it had four lanes, which chokes things off on PCIe 3.0 systems. Hmm. So what's, what's the motivation? Be, be, I mean, I don't know if you've heard from any of the board makers, but I don't think they've all offered sort of like, you know, the, the MSRP models before, but this one, they are all, they are all committed to doing one model at 215. This actually is the trend with all of the 30 series models, if I remember correctly. On launch day, they will have typically limited stock of MSRP price cards and then subsequent shipments tend to be the higher price models. Does that, so, do they, do those original MSRP cards ever get refilled or it's just sort of like, you know, one at this uh, price and then everything de- vanishes. Yeah, it depends on the manufacturer and the specific card, but typically the lower price ones went out pretty fast and it was stuck to the higher end cards. And would you consider that the, I was looking up eBay prices, sold listings, whenever I talk about eBay prices, I look for actual sold listings because that's what they're actually selling for, not just what people are putting up there. Uh, and the 1660 Ti, that this is a little bit faster than, uh, this card again also has ray chase and DLSS. Uh, the 1660 Ti, which lacks those, is going for 450 to $500 on eBay. So I would expect this card to go for probably at least that, maybe a little bit more as things cool down. At which point, I mean, paying $500 for a 1080p graphics card seems kind of nuts to me. Yeah, I think I actually saw it this morning um, for... Let's see, thirty fifty. I think I saw it for six fifty. So yeah. I, I found one on on Newegg. So new because when I do it, go to Newegg, I I basically look for new and in stock as those are the filters. And it said ship from eBay or not eBay, but Newegg, but not necessarily, you know, uh, sold by eBay. It could be one of their mm-hmm. you know third party vendors. But six fifty six hundred fifty dollars is is what uh, it was going for. So. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Newegg right now. They had several listings this morning. Uh, there were all the ones at two hundred and fifty dollars, but all the ones that are at three seventy nine, three ninety nine, three twenty nine, four eighty nine. Geez, uh, they're all sold out. Yeah, I mean, I they, when I checked this morning, they were there, but obviously it's it's all gone now. So I guess. Yeah. Although, so, yeah. I I go ahead, Brad. More options are good. More options are always good. So the more GPUs that are in the street, the better. You know, that starts to alleviate supply and demand. Uh, this card might be useful for miners. Uh, that's kind of in question right now because it's not terrific at mining. Uh, oh, it wow. does have NVIDIA's uh, light hash rate technology inside, and it hasn't been circumvented yet like it has been with other models. Uh, and Bitcoin and Ethereum prices have plummeted a lot over the last few days. So depending how it goes that might bode well for availability in the future. Uh, we've heard that several times over the past year and a half, though. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, every time we hear it, the, it never seems like it, it shows up. So, although I... Go ahead, Adam. Well, I was just going to say, I, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, is this... Uh, do you still think this is the end of the, the GTX line now that they have, you know, they, they keep bringing RTX down at uh, lower price points? I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, su- GTX, yes, GT, I would not be surprised if that possibly sticks around. So GT, like 730, 
kind of a deal tend to be lower end cards that are like basically there for display ports and outputs. Uh, I won't be surprised if those stick around, but I fully expect both AMD and NVIDIA to have ray tracing in some form these days, even though like the ray tracing in the 6500 XT is borderline useless. Uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, uh, is here. What's going on? He said GTX uh, 3010. That's that's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Two hundred dollars. So you would, what would you recommend this for? So you're this is you could solidly play 1080p almost every game at, at ultra settings. It sounds like at sixty comfortably. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Radeon RX sixty five hundred XT, uh, I really only recommend for new builders. If you have a GPU that's two or three generations old at this point, like uh, if you had a ten sixty. Uh, GTX 1060. This would be a decent upgrade. It wouldn't be an overwhelming, like, great upgrade. I'd rather update an even older card than that. You have a 900 series graphics card or AMD equivalent. Uh, this would be a solid upgrade, I think. Again, if you can get it for close to the $250, $300 mark, like, don't don't go spend five or $600 on this. Go get a console or uh, stream GeForce Now instead. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> Nice. So what what about pushing it higher? Does it can it do fourteen forty P, you think? Uh yeah, if you're reasonable I didn't test it at fourteen forty P because I had limited time. And this is really a ten eighty P card. Uh but you can if you want to, if you have a fourteen forty P monitor. Some games will definitely run on it. You might just have to tweak the settings a bit. Some games I think wouldn't, like if I wouldn't try cranking up Cyberpunk and playing a fourteen forty P probably. But if you're playing you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Doom, or something like that, it should be able to play at a 1440p. And from a performance yeah. standpoint, uh, 3050 versus uh, 6500 XT, who's the winner? Oh, NVIDIA's card slaughters it. <laughs> like, in every possible way. It's it's way faster. Uh, again, it's the 6500 XT is really built for 1080p medium to high gaming. Uh, so I had somebody tweet me something from other reviews showing there's like a 268% difference between the 6500 XT and the 3050 at 1440p Ultra and Doom, which, yeah, you should not be playing that with the 6500 XT. They are two different cards. Yeah, and that is it does feel like that is the one thing people seem to be losing sight of is they they seemed almost like they're designed for a completely different uh, set of users, it feels like. Yeah, that was the most interesting part of this launch to me, actually. Like, we're finally, finally, like, this generation of graphics cards started in fall of 2020, I think. Like, we're finally getting budget cards now. Uh, and AMD and NVIDIA took very different approaches. Uh, it seems like AMD really stripped out a lot of features and stripped out the memory and made the die as small as they could to try to possibly actually hit that $200 price point and get supply out there. Whereas NVIDIA stuck to more traditional, you know, gaming setup, which is good when it comes to performance. Uh, but we're going to have to see what happens in the real world, real world pricing on it. And it has the full, as it has, does, I, I imagine it does because it's an RTX card. It has an NV encoder, all the hardware. Hardware encode stuff. It has built everything. In. There's okay. nothing stripped out. It, it'll work with NVIDIA Reflex. It'll work with NVIDIA Broadcast. It works with DLSS. It'll NVENC. It has Shadow Play. Like everything that you would want to do with this card, you can't do with this card. Hmm. So it's definitely 
uh, from a, between a this card for two hundred fifty dollars and a sixty five hundred XT, I, it's definitely I'd spend the extra fifty bucks and get the thirty fifty for definitely fifty, right? If you are in some sort of magical fairyland, or <laughs> where you walk in and you find a two hundred and fifty dollar RTX thirty fifty and a two hundred dollar Radeon card, get this every time. In the real world, real world pricing, mm-hmm. that's not so cut and dry. I don't, underst- I don't understand. I, I <laughs> one is two hundred fifty dollars, and it's clearly a better product. I should buy that, right? Well, hopefully, you had a chance to because they're already sold out. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jerry Watson in the YouTube chat is asking, uh, "I have a Sapphire Nitro Plus RX four eighty eight gigabyte version. Uh, how does that compare to the thirty fifty four eighty eight gigabyte version?" Uh, this would give you an upgrade. Like if you're starting to feel like you got to drop down a lot of things to medium and stuff like that, like the 6,500 XT is comparable to a 480 or a 580. So this would be an upgrade over that. Again, like by my estimation, the 480 still does fine enough considering what the GPU market is these days. If I was in your shoes and I had a fully working eight gigabyte 480, and my option was to spend four to six hundred dollars on this card. I'd probably just keep sitting tight for now. Although I wonder if there's something to be said for selling off old hardware. Like if you could legit sell a four X eighty, and you know a four eighty, they go for you know over three hundred dollars generally. So mm-hmm. if you really could get, frankly, I mean, I don't know. What is it fair to call them a sucker? If you could get a sucker to give you, but I don't know. Maybe it's not a sucker because it's, it's just sort of like it's just simply that's. It is in such high demand that that person who pays three hundred dollars for four eighty would be pretty happy to get it, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a, a way to go if you want to go that way. Right. You've gotten your four years of, of service out of it, then you sell it off for three hundred dollars. And because I, I know people have have done that, they've sold cards off for as much as they bought them for years ago, and they just simply consider buying a new, paying the up. The additional money is sort of like, oh, well, that's, it's not so bad. I'm paying 100% markup because I'm, you know, I'm selling my old card for so much money now. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I think in the real world, that's true. But if you really sat down and thought about it, uh, that means you don't have a backup card anymore like you would in the old days. Yeah. Or, but, or a know, nice card you could hand down to somebody, be like, oh, hey, mm, you know what? Here you go. But build your first PC with this. Adam is more generous than I am. <laughs> You know, it, it does it does kind of kill that that sort of hand me down starter market even more because kind of in the old days people would just give old graphics cards away because they you couldn't you know it wasn't really worth the hassle to sell them off on eBay to somebody package it up and do that but now if you're going to sell it for four or five hundred dollars it's it's worth it you know yep yep definitely one hundred percent. Well, actually, yeah, my uh, I I had helped my uh, my nephew build his first gaming PC a, a couple of years ago. I, I can't remember the exact timing, but uh, he had a a five ninety. He was able to uh, secure a five ninety and, and put that in there. And uh, he had a problem with it a couple of weeks ago, and and so I had to like help remote troubleshoot. Luckily, there wasn't a problem with the card, but at first it was like, oh, the card's not spitting out any video. And I was like, well, if if the card's busted, then 
<laughs> sorry buddy you're screwed <laughs> uh but luckily yep. luckily that was not the case i was like oh thank god <laughs> but he, he had to he actually had to borrow a uh somebody else had like a yeah like a gt 710 or something sitting around to be able to throw in and, and troubleshoot and i was like oh that that is nice to have that mm -hmm. option if you have it because also his uh his CPU is a, a, a 3600X, so no mm -hmm. IGP, so we couldn't even test that. So <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, Brad, on the 3050s, are there Founders Edition cards or simply no? Nope. None of these, no, there's none of these lower end cards. There's no Founders Edition for these. There's no reference card for the 6500 XT. Okay. Other sites touched on it more heavily than I did, and I fully agree with them, and I think it's worth bringing up. I think I already did. Uh, it is kind of a bummer seeing cards like this launch for $250 today. Like, if the world wasn't what it was, this clearly is a 3050 card. It would have been between 150 and 190 bucks, like previous 50 class cards were. The 6500 XT, you know, that clearly would have been like a 100 to 130 dollar card, not a 200 dollar card. Right. So I'm glad they exist and that you can get them in some way, hopefully. But it is worth mentioning that prices are still creeping up. The world is complicated. I was curious, though. Like, I, I would think that's true for the 6500 XT that in the before times or like truly after times that it would be more like a $130, $150 card. Mm -hmm. But with the we were already seeing price creep in general with the RTX card. So I don't do you really think that 3050 would have been as low as you have seen, you know, before? I just I just I do. Really? Okay. I do. I think NVIDIA is trying to price creep here. And they have been for the last two generations, which they're a company for profit. You know, that's why they exist. Uh, AMD has been a good counterbalance to that because AMD has very good graphics cards. And I feel like if you look at the naming schemes for all of these cards, I think that they were originally intended, especially on AMD's side, to come out at lower price points. Uh, and just the market being what it is, there's no, they came out at higher prices. So 350 RTX 3050 is now apparently the price of what a six gig 1060 used to be. Yeah, I guess I just feel like, and maybe I, my memory's shot because we were just stuck in pandemic times, but I just feel like before the, the pandemic, we were already seeing that with the 70 and um, 60 class cards that they had moved up to the price point of the card above them yeah we had we had it's so been a, it's been a I feel concern like this doesn't change that like i feel like unfortunately like our big fear has always been we've talked about this that it's gonna stick this way right that even when things normalize again that mm -hmm. a 3050 is going to be this this price point and there's not going to be nothing at that 150 dollar point anymore which is unfortunate yeah, yeah, but is that yeah. is that realistic though? Because I mean, you, you, you do price yourself out of the market. Where if you know if they could, and let's let's face it, for profit companies, if they could have charged you two hundred dollars all along, they would have. But there are literally people who could could not afford two hundred dollar graphics cards, so that's why there were a hundred and fifty dollar yeah. graphics cards. So I I think. You know, then there's that argument that, you know, that's just sort of the inflationary nature we're in. You know, you make more money. Well, great. We're going to charge you more money now because you're making more money. So your money is worth less. Yeah. Honestly, so. I feel like if that's the case, we keep talking about, you know, what Intel's going to show at their highest end. But if they come in at that price point, 
they could clean up pretty well if they, you know, give a lot of bang for the buck. Yeah, I I think for Intel, it's not even about pricing. And as long as it's in performance, you know, I would, you you could almost at this point ignore all of the reviews. I know people hate to hear that, especially people review stuff, but (laughs) why why do you care? If you have a... Brad cares. Well, he cares a lot. <laughs> I mean, in a competitive market, things sort of generally self-sort themselves by model numbers, by price, you know, by pricing. And then, yeah, definitely sometimes we see that with CPUs where, you know, AMD will come in and just wreck everybody by giving you so much value. And now we're seeing, we're seeing Intel come back and giving you so much value on Alder Lake, especially at the you know, mid to, to low end, right? But I... I generally think once things kind of settle down of of it doesn't really matter like if an Intel 3050 competitor came out you could almost sort of like well I don't and there's and there's enough of them in demand and so then it actually sold for 250 to 300 dollars then you should almost just buy it you can almost ignore the reviews that's that's I guess that's what I'm saying you wouldn't know if it's a 30-50 competitor without those reviews, though. Yeah, so. no, I, I agree, but I, I do generally think... I, I agree mean, with I, you. I see what you're yeah. saying. You know, it doesn't really... I mean, unless you're so... They're so crazy, they would like, we're going to... We're going to... We're going to underprice. We're going to overpromise and then underdeliver. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. that generally doesn't build, build your entry into a market that you've never been in before. So I, I just... I don't know. It seems kind of silly to me. It's really hard. It's this generation has really taken, like in the past, I'd review several models of a given GPU. Like I would review, obviously, the Founders Edition 2060, and then I'd review two or three other custom ones just because there were tangible differences, different prices, stuff like that. Uh, but these days, it's a lot harder because it's just like, yeah, we can compare these. But realistically, if you find one on a store shelf, you're just going to buy them. So they're all they're all still 2060s. Yes, this one has flashier lights and a better BIOS, but just buy what you can buy so it's a real weird time yeah and that's i mean but that's i guess that's what i kind of mean by Mm -hmm. you don't need to stand there and get on your phone and look look at some tiny benchmark chart well that while you're standing there somebody comes up and grabs that card off the shelf and like oh Oh, it's gone right gordon why would you do that you always grab it first of course (laughs) yeah yeah you're like oh you know what okay now i gotta look it up which one was it Mm. (laughs) absolutely that's the first rule about going shopping for uh high demand items (laughs) <laughs> right no yeah you well you know well actually the unfortunately what people would do is like what's the max i can buy i'll buy three and then sell the other two and buy a car with the proceeds right it's just <laughs> uh well I, I do have a couple super chats i want to get to they, they've been backing up uh uh shadow wares gave us uh two canadian dollars thank you so much uh to our earlier talk uh he said there's no point in wi-fi 60 wi-fi 7 is already in the works all right, well, then yeah, I'm done. Yeah, why ever buy technology, right? Yeah. Uh, Eek44, friend of the show, gave us a 45 Danish Krone, said I got a GTX 750 as a backup, uh, so they're on the safe side, so nice. Um, I always keep one. Uh, and, and they also gave us 89 Danish Krone earlier and said, uh, nice to see you all again. Uh, who wins out of the 3050 and the 6500 XT? We, we already got to that. Uh, Kenton, Kenton Morton gave us 499. Thank you so much. Said, I have a Vega 64. Would a 3050 be an upgrade from that? Ooh. I would highly recommend you go look and see if anybody else benchmarked that. I'm not going to answer that off the top of my head. The Vega 64, I think, only had four gigabytes. I'm forgetting. I don't have those specs off the top of my head anymore. Uh, 
it very well might be. That's the yeah. best I can give you, but unfortunately. That, but the Vegas 64 had, um, you know, HBM, yeah, right? Yeah, So That was the high-end one. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. To me, yeah, I, feel I would like, just wait it out, right? Wait not, it out. Yeah, not for 3050, unless you're really, like, really super keen on just having something new because you want something new. But otherwise, I think if you're looking for a value buy, now is not the time, and this is not the card for it. Although, is AMD supporting That's... Vegas with next generation software features? I don't think they are, right? No. Yeah. No, it's very hit or miss. Uh, so the Vegas 64, yeah, it was roughly GTX 1080, depending on the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a huge enough upgrade to warrant what you'll actually pay on the street. If you can find it for 250 and then sell your Vegas 64, like Gordon was talking about earlier, I think that'd be a good move. Uh, it sounds like they had eight, eight gigs is what the, yeah. the chat okay. saying. I would yeah. just say I would stick with it. Although, yeah. you know, it is there is something to be said for moving into NVIDIA's embrace of DLSS and all that other stuff and, you know, DXR support. But I, I don't know. I just – it seems like it's 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 one bin too low, one tier too low versus the Vega 64 to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be an upgrade. It would be an upgrade, but it wouldn't be a big enough upgrade to justify what you're doing. The price you'll pay. Right. I guess, yeah, I guess it depends on, on what you need, right? Like always. Uh, any any other things you want to hit with the uh, the 3050? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, what, what is your, what's your high watermark on this, Brad? So I clearly, if you, you can find it for 250, buy two of them. It's what it sounds like. I went sell one. What, where, where is the point where you're like, I'm out. I just forget it. Where, where 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 do you give up? I was watching this morning. I had yesterday off. Uh, Steve at Hardware and Boxes review, and he actually did a really good analysis of cost per dollar, what it is by MSRP, what it is by on the street, and what it should be. Like, at what point does this make sense? And I believe he ended up looking at eBay prices and saying, if you can get this card for up to, I think it was like three hundred fifty or three hundred seventy dollars. Like, it's worth buying in today's market. But to me, that feels like an awful lot of money to spend on a 1080p graphics card. So that is painful. That is it's, really it's, painful. Not, it's, it's a hard time. I mean, yeah, especially yeah, if you're I think a new builder, have, right? Yeah, I think you'll have a much better time actually getting a 6500 XT. But this card, if you can get it, would be much better two or three years down the line because the way it's constructed. So yeah. it's just a real complicated thing. It sounds to me, though, that like unfortunately, the the only real quote unquote winners uh, uh, from all of this are new builders. Everybody else still still feels like everyone else needs to kind of hang out in a holding pattern unless they really have to make the upgrade. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. At this point, again, if you can get this for 250, 300 bucks, I would pull the trigger on that over two or three generations ago, but probably three generations ago, but Yeah. Just There's no, realist- yeah, because realistically, most people aren't going to be able to get it for 250, at least in the short term. So, yeah, I, w- I would, I would still be in the GeForce Now or console boat and waiting it out if I could. That's a bummer. Although I guess you know, I we, we always sort of say 1080p, you know, gamers, and that to me is sort of like normal 1080p gamers is 
is what we almost have to remember now because <laughs> there's 360 hertz 1080p gamers. Not those right? guys. Not, not, not those guys. Not. <laughs> this is not for you. We're talking about right, the right. majority of the numbers on the Steam hardware survey. <laughs> yeah. Normal, normal, yeah, normal folks. So, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris uh, asks, uh, should we just hashtag wait for Alchemist? Or Arc? <laughs> hashtag wait for Arc? <laughs> You know, I would. I mean, honestly, especially if you had like sort of like that person with a Vega 64, yeah, you're not hurting too bad. So let's just see what Intel has to offer and then see, you know, you want to know if they can really sort of move things. I, I would definitely wait, right? Why not? It's not that far. Sometime this year. Hopefully. <laughs> just uh, these days, if you're overclocking your graphics card, I'd maybe tone that down a bit and try to squeeze as much life as you can out of those. <laughs> maybe instead, uh, look up the uh, undervolting tutorial oh, yeah. that we have on PC World. Yeah, hey. just put that up recently. There you go. Get you. A good one. Actually, Keith is making a video, too. Um, also, uh, Kenton Morton, uh, who has the Vega 64, gave us uh, $4.99 again. Thank you so much. Said thanks, guys. I will wait for the paper launch forty series, uh, <laughs> but I'm thankful for your input. input. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Well, uh, David Lee gave us uh, five dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, Newegg and Micro Center both had uh, two hundred dollar cards on multiple days of the sixty five hundred XT. Newegg had thirty fifties in shuffle only. Micro Center has no 3050 cards below $380. Only one MSRP is real. So I know we talked about this last week, Brad, that uh, the 6500 XT is some sort of interesting bet that AMD is trying to do to actually hit an MSRP. So let's let's talk about prices. Uh, have, have they stuck? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm not going to rehash everything about the 6500 XT. It's built real funky. It's designed to be able to hit roughly the price, $200 price point they put in. Uh, I just had a review go up two days ago. I had another review go up last week. I did an article about what the internet got wrong about AMD's controversial Radeon RX 6500 XT. That gets much deeper into it. You should go read it if you're not caught up on that. Uh, but since it is a neutered card, uh, the internet hate machine very much hated on it. And I can understand that. Uh, but it's a very good 1080p medium card. But because of all its compromises, we're actually seeing it still in stock right now, right the second, uh, at Newegg.com. The $199 models are obviously sold out because that's what people are waiting for and looking for. Uh, but there are still $270 models available. One, two, three, four different ones that you can go buy on Newegg right now, yep. which is definitely at the upper, upper end of what I would feel comfortable paying for that graphics card considering its compromises. And I think the market agrees because they are still in stock. Uh, but I consider that a very good sign personally for potential ongoing availability of these cards. The fact that you can still buy them a week after launch, uh, which you haven't been able to say for anything else. Uh, and yeah. Well, and one of those was a uh, highly reviewed or not highly reviewed, but got a lot of reviews that uh, XFX Speedster Quick two, uh, 210. You you did that one yep. as well, right? Yeah, I, I did I, test I, that I one. I saw some, some YouTubers had, had tested that one, and, and that one's at 279. So I think the, the big question... Huh. I see it at 199 out of stock on Newegg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Newegg. It says 279 for me. Hmm. Weird. That's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the I think the the question some people are asking is does that mean nobody's buying these? They all think it's horrible. Uh, Steve was right, and everybody boycotted the, the launch, <laughs> or that AMD actually had plenty in stock and people are actually buying them, but they just they're you know not as appealing to scalpers and and miners. I think the answer is what I was trying to get across in my article is it's nuanced and complicated. <laughs> I think that that shows that yes, AMD is obviously supplying enough supply that there's still some hanging out a week later and this it's small enough that they could potentially keep that going. Uh, the die is small enough that they could potentially keep that going with all the other compromises. But I do think it also shows that the internet the world is only willing to pay so much for this neutered down graphics card, which is entirely reasonable and fair as well. I said in my review, 200 to 250 bucks more than that, I'd feel uncomfortable. The fact that there's still all these $270 models in stock, I think shows that's the general sentiment. But if these continue to be in stock and not selling at that price, then eventually everything starts moving back down. All we need is one graphics card to be able to stick around and be in some sort of reasonable, you know, availability for it to kind of tether everything else to some degree. Yeah. So I'm actually optimistic about that. Yeah. I would say to build on that, uh, I think it's very, very easy to see the negative side of this, but I think there's still a positive in that. Let's say I, I was, I think I was on uh, one of the uh, PC building subreddits and somebody said that they're like 1070 gear of the ghost. Right. And they're like, well, now what do I do? Oh. And so like it's the positive spin on this, you know, the, or sorry, not spin, but the angle on this is that it's not great, but you can go out and still buy something for a reasonable price so that at least you're up and running and that your system isn't dead, right? You're just not dead yeah. in the water. Like like I've, I've given the example before on this very podcast, I use it in my article. My high school daughter's boyfriend, you know, does dishes after school. He'd saved money all summer, could not buy a graphics card. Like he works, he's a high school student, he works. He could not find anything for under 500 bucks. He needed a new graphics card. I gave him one that I had. But if this card was available anytime over the last eight months, he would have bought it in a second, even for $280. So, well, hey, and that, that nephew that I was talking about with the, the, mm. the 590 we thought died. I mean, I like knowing what he plays and knowing that he does not really care at all about performance. Uh, I, you know, if that 590 truly was dead, I probably would have been like, hey, you know what? Grab a 6500 XT and like he would have be, you know, mm. over, over the moon with it. He, he, he wouldn't right. have cared. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the thing about the difference in these launches that I alluded to earlier. Like, I really think AMD, yes, it's a bummer that this card is not $130. But I think this can realistically be a two hundred to two hundred fifty dollar graphics card today, with the world the way it is, evidenced by the fact that there's two two hundred seventy dollar ones in stock. I don't think there's any realistic chance of the thirty fifty selling for two hundred fifty dollars anytime soon. I think, especially now that we are through this initial launch day stuff, I think we're gonna when we do see resupply, it's gonna be of those higher end models that are going for four hundred bucks before it gets onto ebay so i don't know i, That's the point I sorry i was gonna i i did something the other day just because well in this morning just because of all the discussion about the uh, the pricing and stuff and what i 
I did. If we could show it off, Adam, I don't yeah, know if this is a good time for it. Yeah, or... which which one do you want to start with? <laughs> this is. Um, I basically went out and I grabbed a whole. Originally, I started with um, Brad's uh, thirty fifty bench uh, results for Rainbow Six, but then I quickly ran out of numbers, so I decided I, I wanted to include more cards. So I went in and I grabbed scores, public scores for three D Mark, uh, Time Spy, just the graphics, so no CPU doesn't count. And I went and I looked at the MSRP of the cards, and then I looked at uh, the 3D mark, and then I looked at the actual Newegg availability. So I went to Newegg and I said, this card, you know, available now and, you know, available now and new, so not refurbed, not used. And I, I generated the cents per 3D mark chart, which you could, you could pull so up. You, you want to do that first or you want to do the big uh, spread? Oh, the spreadsheet. We could do. Yeah, let's let's do the spreadsheet. Then. Yeah, j- just so it it shows all the all the numbers before you give it context. Yeah. Let, um, so basically, this is this again shows uh, the GPU model. Um, you know, some we're gonna sort of I. It's a little weird because there there are always sort of base versions. Some of those are aftermarket versions, um, but then we have 3D Mark Time Spy. Then we have the new egg U.S. price. Yesterday, I did this exercise yesterday and this morning. And then I have cents per mark. And I had to do cents per mark because, you know, 3D mark spits out pretty huge numbers because they multiply by whatever X and M number because they're a benchmark company. And then I have the dollar U.S. MSRP for a base unit. So I basically then search for MSRP of the base unit of that model of GPU. And then the actual markup. And then the actual percent markup. And looking at the, cause uh, RX 6500 XT at, cause yesterday when I looked, there was one at $260. It's now 270 But it was uh, about 31% markup on the 6500 XT from 260 I mean, Cause it's, it's, a, it's MSRP is supposedly 200, 261, 31%. It's not, I mean, it's not horrible. And actually, uh, there are some things that are just, the markup is kind of insane. I, I don't know if that's just related to supply of them, but like the markup on a 50, RX 5700, it's an older card, so probably aren't that many, 330%. But you can go buy one on Newegg is, I think, the point. And then, um, I mean, generally, it looks like most of them are about 100% like on current cards. It's basically mm-hmm. 120% markup on a lot of cards. Although I was really kind of shocked that, the markup on the RX 6900 XT is 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 there there was there was there is in fact an RX 6900 XT available for fifteen hundred dollars. Where? On Newegg. <laughs> I was quite surprised. You know, it really. Uh, I found an error in your charts. Where? No. Uh, the 6900 XT launch set one thousand dollars. Oh, is it thousand dollars? Yeah, so it was fifty percent markup. Where the oh, who the hell? No, the charts are all <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> oh, then it's fifty percent. Then okay. I mean, that's I still, still not bad compared. That's to still the, not bad. Actually, <laughs> the fifty-seven hundred is nuts to me. A three hundred and twenty-nine percent markup. I remember buying that card in late. Oh, was it twenty twenty? When did we do Just the? Before that. Uh, 2018, 2019. No, no, no. I mean, because I bought one for the Series <sighs> X build that I did. So that must have been just like a year, a little bit over a year ago. And the price was still normal ish. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, uh, right? It's very good at buying. So 
So, <laughs> so then you you took all that money and 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 made a nice little chart out of that, right? Yeah, I, I made a that? nice little chart. Yeah, actually, I just dropped with the updated. Huh. Oh, okay. When I searched yeah. this morning, it was somebody had said the MSRP for the sixty nine hundred was fifteen hundred dollars, but okay. it was well, really a thousand dollars. Wow. I'll switch that. Well, I just, quick. just looking at you while well, I'm switching that out, looking at your initial spreadsheet there, something really jumps out to me in the context of the 3050. Uh, like I said, I expect this thing to cost four to 550, uh, on the streets once it starts getting the eBay and everything. Right. Uh, the Radeon RX 6600 is much faster than this card. Uh, and it's going for $460 on the streets on eBay and stuff. If you are looking to spend $450 on a 1080p graphics card, one, again, I would discourage you. I would say, wait, if you can. But if you are going to, I think the Radeon RX 6600 is a much better value. Yeah, I was kind of shocked. I mean, there, and I guess you basically look at the cards at lowest sort of markup in retail, and those are the ones that are, I mean... You're still getting gouged, but at least it, the gouge doesn't go all the way through your body. So <laughs> it's okay. Oh, did the, I get signed I've, out? I have the uh, the chart ready. Oh, here we go. Which one? The the sense chart. Okay. My favorite chart now. Here it comes. Gordon, tell us what we're looking at. So you know, basically, this is sense per three D mark, which is a you know three D mark time spy GPU test, uh, and this is just only the graphics performance. So the CPU does not matter. It is a 99% uh, a GPU test, but it's just the amount the amount of pennies you're paying per mark. And uh, the very worst deal is at 5,700 because obviously somebody's trying to sell one for a crazy amount of, uh, of money. But yeah, let's look at that 5,700. Where does that? Oof. Or 6,700. Where is it? So the, the new one oh, is right in the middle. Oh, the 6,600. Yeah, look at that. Six cents. Six cents per 3D mark is not bad, right? Nope. And then if you're looking again, and again, this is based on actual retail pricing. Somebody trying to gouge you today on the card. That 6500 XT for all of the complaining we saw for the, the marks per cent is, is the best here. It's five, five, just what, five and a half cents per mark. Mm -hmm. It's really not bad. 6600 XT is not bad either, to be honest. A lot of those AMD prices are... I was kind of shocked that for a lot of the AMD parts that I could find them in stock because I'd heard somebody, people saying you couldn't find them so for such a long time. But you could buy them, and, and the prices weren't as bad as I thought they would be, you know? Uh, a lot of... Or not a lot of... Some people gave AMD uh, grief over the fact that it doesn't have a rival to NVIDIA's light hash rate tech. Uh, but Ethereum mining responds very well to memory bandwidth and, you know, bus size matters a lot for memory bandwidth. And for this generation, AMD has that infinity cache where they have the large L3 cache right on the die. And so they've been huh. using much smaller bus widths in general at each step all the way up. You'll find that they're smaller than NVIDIA's bus widths, which affects memory bandwidth. As far as Ethereum type applications go, but Infinity Cash helps with that in gaming, so it negates it in gaming, but it hurts it more in mining. So that's probably huh. why Radeon cards are not going for as much money on the streets. 
Well, because, I mean, look at that. 6500 XT is 5 cents. The 6600 is 6 cents. The 6600 XT is 6 cents. The 6800 is 7 cents. And the 6900 XT, and this is the corrected um, uh, markup, is 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 8 cents. It's really – and look, every single NVIDIA card is, is quite a bit more, right? It, mm-hmm. And NVIDIA really does have, you know, brand recognition behind it, too. I wouldn't be surprised right. if people are like, I want to go get an NVIDIA card. So that probably plays into it as well. But a lot of it is tied to cryptocurrency performance. And NVIDIA does have that light hash rate tech for everything but the 3090. Uh, and that's been circumvented to some degree on most of these cards at this point. So that plays into it more. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because when you look at the 3090, it's... Well, of course, you know, the problem of using just simply 3D Mark Time Spy is it's, it's not the correct ruler to use on those high-end cards necessarily, but you're still definitely paying more per cent, right? 14 cents mm-hmm. per, <laughs> per 3D Mark for the, the 3090. Gordon, you should have done Geekbench, just going to let you know there. But uh, we've got a question from uh, David Lee said, where does the M1 Max rank on this chart? <laughs> well, I don't have that, but I do have the the monitor app. So I actually like. Well, let's let's look at the markup because the markups are the thing that I was kind of interested in because you're looking at the MSRP and then you have the US markup. This is retail. What supposedly Newegg was selling, somebody was going to sell you and would ship you. And um, I, I I wanted to see how many Apple monitor stands I could buy. You want to do the Apple monitor stand? <laughs> okay, here you go. So for people who don't know, and as I understand from Adam, that Apple monitor stand is a totally good deal. Totally good deal. Because <laughs> when you're spending somebody, and I did not understand this, but I do understand this now. When it's not your money and I'm spending company money, <laughs> what do I care? Charge me as much as you want. The Apple monitor stand for its monitor is $1,000. So just wanted to look at how many Apple monitor stands you could buy based on the uh, – so like – so I took like these, the MSRP and then the – how much you were paying in the markup. So how much you were getting gouged. So if you weren't paying that gouging price, you could have taken that money and bought an Apple monitor stand. For uh, RX 6500, you could buy 0.06 of an Apple monitor stand. <laughs> For an RTX 3090, you could buy – 1.3 Apple monitor stands. What a I deal. think that's pretty good. <laughs> what a deal. I just want to know where you're, what you're doing with that monitor stand <laughs> or what you would do if you had the money to spend on it. Well, because it's not your money. It's like, Elena, if I work for the Defense Department, it'd be like $1,000. Why so cheap, Apple? I need to spend more, right? That's that's not how it goes here. I need to spend my budget money. As someone who worked in corporate environments before this, even though this place is corporate, uh, that's 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to use the rest of the budget for the year. What do we buy? Um, Just why don't we just buy some Apple monitor stands and just put them on these 10-year-old Dell monitors, right? So. (laughs) Uh, Steve says, uh, how many, how many $19 Apple cleaning cloths can you get? Oh, yes, that that would be, I should have done cleaning cleaning cloths (laughs) because those are totally worth it too. So I will tell you, I was actually surprised the next one, the next chart though, is the, uh, is the DDR5 dims per, per markup. Cause I was like, well, how many, how many eight gig DDR5 4,800 modules could I buy? Now and we're talking. Here we go. I was really shocked because a lot of people sort of think like, oh, my God, DDR5 is like 
forget it. I will give you two 3090s for one DDR5 module is what people would do. DDR5 has really come down. All those ships have gotten here with the supplies. Uh, it's gotten surprisingly cheap. I was very shocked because you could get a Micron crucial DDR5, 8 gig DDR5, not exactly huge, 4800 DIM module for 75 bucks on Newegg. That's not bad. I know. It's really kind of like, it's not that, but then I was like, well, how many could you buy? Uh, so like for an RX 6500, you could buy, um, with the markup, you could buy 0.81 of that module. And for a, uh, uh, an RTX 3090, you could buy 17.3 DDR, 8 gig DDR5 modules with the actual gouge money that you were paying. So that's. I just looked over and saw the chart. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of DDR5, you know. Uh, I, I don't know you what you're doing like, with all those, but. A lot of Dims, man. <laughs> I'm just saying for the people who are buying these other graphics cards at the uh, MSRP that only exists in whatever parallel universe they're buying them in, you could then take the money you would have bought in our universe and bought like all this memory and just given them away to people. Just like, here's DDR5. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All universe Oprah's giving away I just, uh, graphics I, cards and DDR. I am <laughs> surprised though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just surprised because that that trend that you saw, Brad, it really is like every Radeon card is like somewhat better, you know, value overall if you can get them close to whatever. And again, this is re- I was kind of shocked that I could find these cards on Newegg in stock. Obviously, they were painfully marked up, but not as painful as the NVIDIA cards. And I guess that really kind of gets the whole it's yep. it's really a lot of this is the miners still, it feels yeah. like. Yep. Uh Ryan Smith over at Nantech has tweeted and written a bunch about how modern graphics prices are 100% still tied to mining. So if miners can make a profit with the stuff, uh, it affects the price. And how much profit they can get is what's driving the real-world pricing. So Nice. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, uh is giving a little bit of a flex here. He says, uh, one vendor sent me 256 gigs of DDR5 for review. Easy. No GPU. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yours if you're reviewing it though so <laughs> right but yeah no i'm just kind of it does if i it'll be interesting because i mean maybe that's it's almost newsworthy that the radeon cards are available at less of a markup than nvidia cards to be honest because i've i've been hearing people complain about them so much for the last month you know a year that i was I was just shocked that they are more affordable for the mm-hmm. you know dollar per performance that you're getting or cent per performance. Oh, uh, a good question. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to bring the the chart back up here. Uh Big Al 441 gave us $5 super chat. Thank you so so much said uh what's the 3D mark price for the RX 6500 XT in a PCIe 3 system? <laughs> Should have done that math Gordon. This is a PCIe well, you, 4 system. Well, right? you shop off a third, right? Yeah. So this is, I mean, yeah. Although I don't, 3D Mark may not even care because it's, you know, a graphics benchmark. So it may not, it may not yeah. care about the, the you know, yeah. it's, it's a synthetic. And but again, you know, that's, that's, that's a funny joke. Like I, I laughed at that comment, but I just want to touch on, you said you shave off a third. That is totally not true whatsoever. If you're playing oh, it really? at the 1080 and P 
medium to high that that card is intended for. If you put on ultra, yes, it'll you shave off a third. But if you play with the card, the setting it's intended for, it's, it's more like single digit performance drop down. Oh, that's see, that's why. I mean, maybe that's why there's such a disconnect because I, I have generally, you know, the belief is like you lose so much performance, but you're running it sort of outside its comfort zone anyway. You're running it well outside its comfort zone if you're running mm-hmm. ultra. It sounds like so. Yep. It, yep. For the people, and that's, I mean, that's a hard thing because you're buying that card to play at 1080p medium. You're well over 60, 80, 90 frames a second. What, what can you complain about? I mean, it still sucks. It's not $150, but yep. at least yep. you got that's, something. That's my perspective on it. So it sounds like we agree. <laughs> uh, also, uh, a fun little surprise. Uh, Marklin Ho gave us, uh, I think, the first time on the Full Nerd, uh, Singapore Dollars. Uh, $2.98. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, happy Boba Time Champs. Uh, love from Singapore. <laughs> welcome. They Boba. Over here. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, that's I'm going to have to get Boba for go get some Thai for dinner. I, no. I should go get some. Uh, Gordon, thank you for the charts because, uh, you know, people have been asking, hey, where's your money chart? You haven't brought it around <laughs> for a while. Now now you deliver with money charts, Apple stand charts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so not even silliness. CPUs, it's GPUs. <laughs> Yeah, right. Five charts. I thought it was fun. You know, I I think the one last point I wanted to make is I didn't realize until after we'd done the show, but you know, these cards, it feels like it's it's we're we're it's shrinkflation in a lot of ways. You know, you're paying two hundred dollars if you got it for MSRP, and you used to get more ports, you used to get more memory, you used to get more PCIe. That sucks, and every single you know manufacturer at is like at at the supermarkets doing the same thing, you get the same thing and the packaging has, you know, 5% less product in there and the price has gone up and it feels like mm-hmm. the GPU vendors have had to do the same thing. And which is weird because for technology, it's generally anti-inflationary because you get way more performance, way more features at the same price or a little less. But the trend has been with GPUs is, we have to take things away now. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it feels like that on phones because the phones are much faster, much better screens, more features. But look at all the features they've also taken away. You don't get a charger. You don't get the headphone in the box. You know, there's just stuff you they just take away. Jack. You don't get a headphone jack. <laughs> but they used to just give that to you in the box. And now it's like, no, go buy one for $18 from us instead of getting for free. So you used to get a cleaning cloth. Uh, now you got to buy that. Separate. Yeah. You don't get that, at- all right? So, uh, <laughs> Steve has a, a, another funny comment. It says, uh, uh, "You should do a chart that's uh, 3D Mark licenses you can buy per 3D Mark score per markup." <laughs> that's pretty good. That's Full pretty circle. Good. Yeah. Full circle. I like, I like it. That one. Yeah. You know the the thing I want to say too is that. Uh, like I totally understand, you know. There, there's all, all all this discussion around the 6500 6, XT, whether it's worth it or not, whatever. Uh, I will say, it was nice to be able to go to Newegg and see something at least close to MSRP, and just being like, oh wow, 
look at the there's all, there's all these cards and and they're actually you know i mean sure they're you know some in of stock. them are knocked up a little bit but they're in stock they're they're marked up like it felt i don't know it felt it gave me like a little warm fuzzies of like oh man wow i remember what it was like when you could just buy a gpu dang <laughs> you know, Adam, I feel like that's also a comment that uh, reflects the whole like frog and hot water thing where it's like <laughs> if 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 we now consider a 30 percent markup or whatever it was from that chart to be like close to MSRP, that says a lot about the world right now. I know. I'm not saying it's good. It's just, you know, no, I know. It, yeah, I just, just... I'm just listening to you, though, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we are just all frogs and hot water. That's boiling. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I can understand how it makes people angry. But for me, I'm Ooh, just like, oh, sure, man, I, sure. you know, sweet. <laughs> yeah. If you can wait, if you can ride it out, it's always better. I was I was car shop. I'm am, am car shopping. I ended up ordering Ooh. one. But one dealer I went into, it was like it was like, yeah, we have nothing to look at. You can look at this one. And I was looking at the sticker thing and it said dealer markup ten thousand dollars. They just kind of threw that on there. And it's like I'm not like buying a Lamborghini. So clearly something in my budget and it was still like ten thousand dollar markup and it's like what what is even that what does that mean that just means how much of a sucker can they make me because you know yeah. if you can like oh well i'll pay five grand over markup okay that's just whatever they can they can yeah. um, get out of you but obviously i mm-hmm. i left i i did take the brochure there though so i got that <laughs> and maybe they're free coffee <laughs> yeah. You really want that free coffee, though? Yeah. Gordon wants it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, anything else to I, to talk about this, or uh, should we, should we move on to a little sadder news, uh, or a little <laughs> different kind of sad news? Uh, yeah, Elena, you you wrote a piece uh, kind of covering this, but yeah, it sounds like 4K, the 4K option, uh, a 4K Blu-ray option on the PC is going away. Uh, I, I want to know what that means, but then I also want to tie it into something we've talked about in the past. So, what, what, Yeah, what, so our on? colleague uh, on the website side, Michael Kreider, wrote a news story uh, that uh, Intel was uh, deprecating uh, SGX support for 11th and 12th gen uh, processors, which means that the ability to read DRM for 4K Blu-ray discs is going away. So if you have an older chip, you're still okay. But if you're running a Tiger Lake or an Alder Lake chip, then you're kind of (laughs) SOL. So my article was like, hey, depending on the territory you live in, you may be able to take advantage of Make MKV, uh, which allows you to rip uh, a Blu-ray, a 4K Blu-ray disc to also Blu-ray and DVD to an MKV file. So that gives you a way to still use your PC to view things without having to buy without having to buy like a whole separate 4k blu-ray player and hooking it up to your monitor and all that so um, d- does amd have have support for this no, no? amd has never had support for oh, it so wow. okay you, if you were in an amd you just had to uh if you're in the u.s you had to circumvent the uh laws of the, <laughs> of the country <laughs> to make it work on your pc wow so I, I guess you should hoard hoard a bunch of old uh 9900ks I guess so. They are. They did come down in price. <laughs> Although, you know, that kind of makes, I mean, if you're really going to build a home theater PC, are you really going to build like something brand new to, to run it? I, I, that's actually a great, that's a great place to put an old, you know, older Intel part. Yeah. You're going to have to now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think though that there are just a lot of people 
uh, who just run everything off one system. So for them, it's it's more of an inconvenience, especially if like you upgraded everything. You're like, great, I've got a shiny new processor. Everything's going to run super fast and smooth. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> damn. Yeah. <laughs> The state, of, the state of DRM on the PC is still, like, befuddling and terrible, even to this day. Like, it's crazy to me that you can't just play a 4K Blu-ray disc, regardless of what processor you have or right. anything like that. But. Yeah, uh, I said that actually at the end of my article, which is like, we've just had such a tortured history of DRM <laughs> on the PC, and I don't know why. It doesn't make, it seems like it would be the spot where it'd be the easiest to implement, just because of... Yeah what we've got available to us, but it's just been the opposite. I, I, I mean, I, I almost feel like they're not the same at all, but I almost feel like HDR is going to finally win this. Like DRM is like back here in terms of winning this battle. And like HDR is like still here compared to everything else being like way over here. Right. I hundred percent agree. <sighs> so bad. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is the DRM issue is on the PC. It is actually the easiest to implement that way. The reason why the DR, why DRM has always, why this playing Blu-rays has been the hardest on PC is because in the entire history of the PC, um, all of the piracy is committed on the PC. So if you think about it, you take a set-top box, you put your Blu-ray in it. It's really, really hard to get the video out of there. On the PC, because I've just followed this since the beginning of with going all the way back to DVDs and, and the first Blu-ray implementations. And you know, like the, the, they've always, they've always tried to make a method. So the, the entertainment industry doesn't want high res content to leak out. And they've always been afraid it would leak out on the PC. And it always has because originally what happened was, um, for for DVD with DVI, you know, because they had there was copy protection over DVI, but somebody somebody had gotten a hold, like some somebody screwed up somewhere with one driver and it leaked out the keys for 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 DVI, and basically the copy protection was broken and that ended it. So then they tried it again with Blu-ray, and there's you know that's why you have SGX, you have to have HTCP 2.2, and you got to have just like. This, and then you have a protected audio and video path through Windows. They've tried to make it secure, but as you know, <laughs> nothing is ever secure in any platform. So that's that's the main reason why it's. I think it's it's just now. This will probably be the last. I think this is 4K Blu-ray will be the end of it. We'll never see it happen again because nobody cares at this point about um, discs. Well, I, mean, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of chat in our Discord about uh, things that are not legal across the world. No, I mean, look, I, you know, I, and I'm going to say this years and years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I said, I predicted that Blu-ray, high-res Blu-ray would win over streaming because I always said, one, people like to own things, especially Americans, we like to own things. I have a whole shelf of CDs that I still have. You like to own things. People like physical media. The quality that you're getting out of Blu-ray is is insane over anything you're getting out of stream content. You know, it's just it's just not there yet. But reality is, optical sales have just been headed downhill at high speed. So it's all about stream media at this point. And that's true. And I just don't think I don't think there's any like we have 8K TVs now. I have not seen peep about 8K Blu-ray. Right? I mean. 
I mean, it, I'm surprised they wouldn't, though, because just the amount of uh, bandwidth you're going to need to stream at AK is kind of ridiculous for the at least for the infrastructure in the United States. Other countries have way better Internet and, you know, saturation of high speed Internet than we do. But in general, I have 10 gig internet. Uh, like that. That's not a problem for me. I know. Uh, just rub that put, that. put that rock of salt right in the wound for the rest of us on five up. Oh, God, it's the worst. But I was going to say, though, that it's it's weird to me how the entertainment industry, at least on the movie, movie and TV side, is still so weird about DRM given that most people want to do the easiest thing, which these days is to stream or to buy a digital copy through iTunes or Movies Anywhere or whatever. And so it's like, why not allow the law to change so that for personal use, it's like not illegal to crack the DRM, right? So like, I know a lot of people who've talked about this on our Discord um, like to do it just because it's easier than getting up and having to put a disc in the tray and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and it still gives you the quality that you were talking about, Gordon. And so I just, it doesn't make sense to me if it's such a niche thing now that uh, they would be still be kicking, screaming and fighting about this. Yeah, I, but I, I know, but I also understand they want to make money and they know, like if they just simply put unprotected content out on discs, you know, you got to at least try to slow them down somewhat because I understand that part. I mean, we go all the way back to like, hey, so and so band is releasing their their album on MP3. You just download it and give them the what you think it's worth. You know how much money they made from that? It was like yeah, like ten dollars, right? <laughs> and the eighty million downloads. They never ever. There's no one that does that anymore. That's just you have to. People unfortunately rarely pay it's just it's a very difficult business model i think yeah i'm not talking about the drm itself i'm talking about the laws around it right so Mm -hmm. it's not it's not it's still very gray area mostly still black and white in the u.s that you're you're not allowed to crack the drm like for personal use so that i mean you're not likely you're likely not going to get caught realistically speaking and you know get prosecuted as a result you know if you're not distributing it it's hard to catch you right Mm -hmm. but it's just the idea of it really sets some people off. Like they don't want to break the law, and I, th- I respect people for that, right? I think in the U.S. it's a gray area. I think there's. It's never it's been weird. tried. It's, it's never been tried. The personal backup ex- exception, like if you own the disc already, like I think theoretically you might or might not be able to have a personal backup. The way all the laws interweave and everything. So the weird but, part is that like you can have the personal backup, but the breaking of the DRM part is the illegal yeah. part. <laughs> so to get to yeah. that part, like you can't get to the second half. Like somebody was so saying that it's similar. It was somebody saying on Discord that it's similar for them in Germany, where it's like you can't break the DRM, but you can download somebody else's copy of that broken DRM <laughs> and have that copy. Well, I mean that's you know that's that's the problem of trying to legislate for crime is especially. Around technical issues, you know, it's it's the crime is breaking the DRM. So, yep, I, it's, I think they it's didn't. A, go ahead. You well, go they ahead. didn't pass laws for like if you if someone steals something from a store and then they give it to you, you can be prosecuted for receiving stolen goods. They clearly in the United States could pass a law saying if you download something that is illegal, they can prosecute you for that. But oh, there sure. was. It was just simply no stomach for it. And, 
it just sort of speaks to our legal system and the way we legislate in this country too, right? And they make, they have, we have laws in the books that you could be prosecuted for ridiculous things that are so outdated, yet they're still on the books because nobody ever goes in and cleans up the, the legacy code, right? Yeah. So if I remember I correctly, there's a law in Florida where you can get arrested for sticking your thumb inside the rear end of a duck, <laughs> which should be illegal. But again, that's a weird, weird law. So yeah, oh, those are definitely no, everywhere. No. There's, 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 there's like a there's a saying that like a lot of regulations are are like uh, inked in blood or something. So yeah, oh, poor duck. Well, and it, it makes sense because you know it's always funny because like well, why is this often? Oftentimes, laws are passed because of abuse, right? Mm-hmm. It may not be the correct application of the law yeah. to that abuse, but you know. It's not like somebody comes up. Well, actually, these days, sometimes you will simply pass laws just simply to get headlines. So I guess there's that. But I, it, it does feel like it, it could, it could be updated. I mean, if you think about it, you can't record a, a baseball game without express permission of the, the ma- <laughs> of, of the commissioner of baseball. You know, like it's, it's almost like somebody should start a campaign to, to, to write a, an email to the commissioner of, of baseball to ask them if they can record a game first before they record it, right? So. Uh, Brad, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Did you say a thumb? Yeah. Specifically okay, a thumb. So, yeah. so the fingers are okay. That's, that's, I, once that hit my brain, I was like, wait. <laughs> not the thumb. I don't want to know the images that were going through Adam's mind. Well. I think this speaks to to a good thing. It's, uh, you know, laws can be weird and nebulous. You know, the thumb might be okay. The fingers might not. It's the same deal with uh, Blu-ray discs. It thinks that it's such a big pain in the butt. Sorry. On uh, PCs. But but, uh, uh, I'm glad that tools like make MKV exist so (sighs) folks where it's legal can have their own backups and solutions. Back to the topic. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) My, my 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 last point before we move on was going to say that the the thing that I think hurts this the most was that uh, Elena always uh, did these nice features and say hey can, can I build a comparable uh, PC uh, to to or a a PC that's comparable to a console now we we don't even have that option now, now that's literally right? impossible yeah I mean unless we use old parts or something but yeah you know so that that feature that feature. Uh, <laughs> And I have to stock up on Rocket Lake Parks now. <laughs> right? Well, how are you going to – It's but to me, it's sort of like – it's like going, how do you build a PC that can play cassette tapes, right? And just like I <laughs> – Well, no, but because, I mean, consoles, because, st- consoles still have 4K Blu-ray players. It's like, not even just that. Like, you get such a higher bit rate with a Blu-ray than you do with streaming. So how many Blu-rays do you own, um, Elena? Uh, let's see. 4K. I think I'm, I'm starting to collect them. I think I have about like six to 10 on my shelf. Wow. Right now. Six to 10. That That's a lot. <laughs> For me, it is. I don't really like to collect it, yeah. a lot of stuff. You're, you're, you're unusual because I don't know anybody buying 4K you Blu-ray. Should ta- you should anymore. hang out with our I know several. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah I, I know I, several people. I, I've been upgrading. So it's funny. Every once in a while, Lindsay, you know, I'll be looking, I'll be like, oh, Wow, they they just released a 4K Blu-ray of this movie, one of my favorite movies, and she's like, "We have that on normal Blu-ray," and I'm like, "Yeah, but now it's on 4K Blu-ray. Like, we got to upgrade." So I've started to buy everything. (laughs) I haven't seen it in 4K Blu-ray, but I would love to. The old movie, The Abyss. Mm, Yeah. By the way, 
there's supposed to be a 4K Blu-ray remaster or 4K remaster coming out of Star Trek motion picture. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> oh, it's I not just a remaster. They they've you know they've done they've, a lot they, of work like, to they it. They did a Gordon. lot of work. I yeah. hope it comes out on 4K Blu-ray because I would buy that just to make up for Gordon purposely. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we, we would we would both come with copies in hand. <laughs> I, we would have I, a, a I have it already. I already have that version. It it uh, it starts off the opening, Jerry Goldsmith's theme, and then it just fades the back end credits, more Jerry Goldsmith, and it's over. Because that's that's really <laughs> the only thing about the original movie. Star Trek movie that's worth it is the Jerry Goldsmith score. <laughs> <Anyway>. So yeah, <laughs> in fact, that's I understand. <clears throat> I've been talking to my sources in the PC industry. That's why they stopped supporting. DRM and SGX uh, oh, in 12th gen. Uh, okay. Keep so it away. You, it so sense. you could not play that Star Trek 4K UHD. Like, what? No. Well, we're that, not going to be sense. responsible for people doing that. That makes sense now. We have standards. Oh, wow. <laughs> Time Runner uh, 414 says they've got over 300 4K UHD discs. I have a buddy who's like that, too. And I know, I know several people who have 4K Blu rays. Yeah. That's I, it's, it, it's just very rare. I mean, we know there's always anecdotal experiences, but if you go look at sales of 4K Blu-ray versus streaming, what do you think it's going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, I know one is better. Well, but I just the, the harsh is reality too, is it's like uh, you also have to take into account the fact that for streaming, people are going to see that as I already pay for this. Why should I buy it? Buy it separately. Not necessarily that they're like going to specifically to streaming over a disc per se. I was like, I was looking at, I wanted to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife again. And um, I was like, you know what? Should I just buy the stupid thing? 4K streaming? Or I I could buy a 4K Blu-ray, but, you know. Well, and and also it's funny on the... on the game side, I mean, there's no really upside to to having games on a disc. Is that you know, there's no bitrate change like there is on movies or anything like that. So I I I have not bought physical games for the past couple of generations. Like I just I just don't do it. I'm I'm all digital. But for movies and things like that, I still like having certain ones. But for me, it's mostly like the ones that I love. Like I would never like look at something to rent and be like, oh well, I'm gonna rent this only one time. Just, you know, and should I get the Blu-ray or should I should I stream it? And it's like, no, actually, I'll just stream it because you know, yeah. unless it becomes like a favorite of mine. Yeah, same. Physical media now has become more of a collector's item to me, like stuff that I definitely want to watch over and over again, or at least multiple times. Yeah. We just have like a really strong emotional connection to, like Star Trek the motion picture. I had yes. a strong emotional connection to that yes. movie. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I have the. Uh, I, I too have alien. a strong emotional connection to that movie, but it's a different one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to come, a... Hey, you'll have to come out and watch it with us. We'll 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 have two discs of it. We'll we'll put it up mm-hmm. stereoscopic view. I I think there's laws in Florida against that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, if you want to get your, if you want to get your questions in now, uh, please at me in the. Uh, <laughs> in the youtube chat uh if if you have questions later and you're you're watching or listening to this later go over to our discord there is a link to the discord uh in the description we have a full nerd question section uh, i'm, I'm going to pull some good ones from there uh brad i know you need to to pop out so feel free to yeah to pop out when when you got i'm going to or you I have to okay 
Yeah. Okay. Is there a really quick one I can answer that uh, has to do with me? Da, 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 da. I have literally see. one minute. <laughs> Uh okay here's a good one I was going to I was going to wait to ask it but we we can do it now Cause MC uh friend of the show says uh is the Steam Deck a console or a PC Brad what do you think Ooh I like it it's a PC in another form it's a console and a PC and I love that so I'm all about it You you can you can install applications on it you can you know install windows on it it's a PC it's a PC by any other name is still a PC Okay sweet <laughs> but, All right Adios, y'all. Thanks, Brad. Uh, Later. G- Gordon, what do you think? Uh, is a Steam Deck a, a, a PC or a console in your mind? Uh, it's clearly a PC to me. It's a mobile PC. I'm I'm still, frankly, not convinced it makes sense. Well, it wouldn't for me. I mean, it definitely, people who like their portable gaming, it would. So it's definitely a PC. There's no there's no world it's a, it's a game console. It's, it's a PC. I, I mean, I, game I, I think one of the arguments would be that it's it's just as upgradable as a console. <laughs> you know, it's it's if a I closed a, system. If I hook a, a controller, game controller, up to my desktop PC, is it a console? I mean, that's you know, or I hook it up to a laptop, is that a console? No, it's a PC, right? That that that, that wasn't the so argument. You're saying I was saying that you can do taxes on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm sure you can. It runs Windows. You can you can do taxes could, on your Xbox. You can hook up a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse to it and do your taxes on the Steam console. You can do that on the Xbox. Linux. So the Xbox Linux, is a PC. So runs Windows. Can you run? Uh, can you run uh, Microsoft Edge? Yeah. Can you ins- can you install uh, what's this, what's uh, in, whatever the hell the uh, the tax software is? QuickBooks. It, 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 no, Quick. Whatever. I, I can't remember anymore. TurboTax. Can you do? Can you install TurboTax on there? The application? No, but you can go to Microsoft Edge uh, on on the console and plug in your mouse and keyboard and and do it that way. And do it online. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Can you do Photoshop on there? Online. Yeah, GIMP. It's it's like a yeah. it's like a, a you it's know a Chromebook. Yeah, it's a Chromebook. There you go. Really? That's cool. Why don't you just use a console for your PC then? There you go. Yeah, why not? Oh, right, because that sure experience sucks. <laughs> That's uh, why. Just, I mean, you know, come on. It's just, it's not, I mean, this is not Twitter. So I just went to Merriam-Webster. I just wanted to double check my uh, perception of this. Technically, a console is just an electronic system that connects to a display, such as a television set, and is used primarily to play video games, which oh. does mean that a Steam Deck would qualify as a console. Oh, my God. Yes, because I really want to trust a bunch of English majors with a pipe yeah, and the jacket majors, with the, 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 the patches on them and the tweet jacket. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's a game console. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, because that's where I go for my advice on a RTX 3050 is Merriam-Webster's. That's, that's, that's not definitely, a console. Yeah, I just I'm just saying that is like I would go to Marion. Well, one Marion Webs. Anybody can get into Marion Webster's these days. The amount no, of words they live dictionary is anymore. No, no things they've allowed into to Marion Webster's. It's okay. Fine, I will look at in the Oxford English Dictionary <laughs> if you like. Like, but that's just like that's going further. This is like, like that's like oh my god, what? what I, that those are not experts on gaming or technology. They put out the dictionary. That's like, 
That, that, that makes no sense. That's just that like makes that absolute is... sense. They are defining, they are making a written record of words, <laughs> the definition of words. <laughs> no, no, but they don't understand any of it. Uh, Eric they don't Johnson, understand any of it. No, Eric so Johnson TLDR. says that it's, it's, it's like the uh, politicians who are making DRM laws. And that's exactly that's exactly it. Saying he's misunderstood. Got it. Okay. No, it's exactly that's exactly it. Because you have the reason why the laws are so completely jacked up on DRM is because law you know you have lawmakers that don't understand what they're making, that are making things at the influence of industries and lobbyists, and they are not making things that are necessarily done to benefit the public. And that's just and that's just simply the truth of, of, of modern society. But that's why things suck with DRM. And that's why you can't go by the definition of Merriam Webster's as to whether the Steam Deck is a console or a PC. That's okay. I'm uh, you I am looking up other sources while we move on to other questions. A uh, friend of the show, Flash Photo, would like to say Gordon Merriam Webster is based out of the US, not the UK. I, I've yes, not, but I've I'm, not double checked that. But they still run of English majors in general. Period. They just, you know, it's a bunch of people with their English major kind of looking like, you know, come on. It's just (laughs) insulting me. That's fine. But you know what I mean? It's just, you know, not. It's not. Come on. You work at a dictionary company. (laughs) What the? Uh, okay, serious question. Uh, comes in. Uh, I'm going to do the YouTube chat first, and then get over back over to Discord. Um, Mike Brazone uh, says, uh, "When can you do research and let us know how many GPUs can be purchased through an AIB Direct?" Uh, I understand Nvidia is working to to squeeze a retail price down. If you heard any back chatter about getting, direct. I have not looked into it. I mean, that's that is the unfortunate thing about a lot of everything is it's all competitive advantage information they don't nobody wants any information to get out and how things are made and how the sausage is made um it would be good to look at i mean because that's the kind of thing people can give you some indicators on um and i i'm glad you know i agree with you i mean nvidia knows this is a problem it's a it's a huge problem for its business and they want to do something about it but nobody has any idea how to fix it right because um but maybe that's one way. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll see that happen, you know, because, you know, the markup is, is crazy and the scalpers are crazy and I don't know. But it would be good to look at. I mean, you have people making assumptions that just because 6,500 XTs are available now that no one's buying them. I have no idea. I mean, unless a retailer shows me the numbers, then I would know. But other than that, how do I know? Okay, well, we got a uh, another good one from uh, Pedro Barbosa. It says uh, if they were they were looking to upgrade from a Ryzen uh, twenty seven hundred to an Intel uh, twelve four hundred, will they miss the two extra cores gaming wise? All they're doing is gaming in ultra wide resolution with Wait, a thirty seventy. They're going from a what to what? A twenty seven hundred, a Ryzen five. I think it's five, or is it seven? Twenty seven hundred. Uh, yeah. And a and a twelve four hundred. Yeah, so they're going from eight uh, cores, sixteen threads to six cores, twelve threads. Yeah, no, generally no, because you know most games, especially conventional gaming. When I speak of conventional gaming, that is, I play the game, I enjoy it. I'm not playing the game and then streaming it to my six followers on Twitch so that they can also enjoy it. That can be different, but generally, 
you're looking at, you know, 2700X, which was certainly not Ryzen, was not Zen 3 versus an Alder Lake part. I think it's probably... I don't know if it's generally worth it, though, because, I mean, resolution and how you're playing is is generally, you know, 3070s. It's going to depend on res- resolution you play at, refresh you play at, games you play. And I, generally, the CPU doesn't matter that much. So is it better to go buy a bigger SSD or a better monitor? But you already have a widescreen monitor. I would and say 30, probably... 70, so. I don't know if I would do it, you know. It might help a little bit, but it's always better to get a bigger video card for gaming. So it is better. Definitely that Alder Lake part is better, but... I would also say that for today, the Alder Lake part is going to be fine. The only unknown is just, like, how long you plan to keep it and if you play open-world games. So if, like, in the far future, if, you know, open-world games start making use of eight cores, like, scales up that way, then maybe you'd see a difference. But for now, I don't think going to be an issue okay uh the next one uh is a uh, a gpu related one uh from troy hall said uh, they were late to the show no worries uh is a rtx 3050 going to be significantly better than an r9 290x Uh, i actually had to look up uh it'd be quieter (laughs) (laughs) and cooler so it looks like i mean that you know I, I did not have one of these, but it looks like uh, I was looking at a review at Tech Power Up, saying it's it relative performance around a nine seventy. So, thirty fifty versus a nine seventy. That's that's probably yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a. I mean, you that's a decent upgrade. Two ninety X is pretty old, pretty old. And it's Brad four, was four saying gig. that if you are still Maxwell generation, like a nine seventy, moving up to thirty fifty would be a, a notable upgrade. Yeah, or it's just. At least. I think the only weird thing is sort of like, I mean, I doubt that that's that was a high tier graphics card. So you're going from a high tier, high you know, high end tier to basically an entry level tier, which is a little strange. But um, most people who have high end always stay in their same band. But I'm guessing you know you have sort of a used card. I think that's a worthy upgrade, and I would probably just do it just to give my ears a break because those two ninety Xs were. <laughs> They were intense. Okay. Uh, here's one from uh, Stephen Lee Foon. Uh, do you think gaming will be online only in the future, hence no need for a GPU? Do you ever see a scenario? No. Nope. No. I, uh, my opinion is no. I mean, but again, few people buy DVDs and Blu-rays these days compared to what they used to buy. Streaming could potentially be the future of gaming and that's why Microsoft, NVIDIA, Google, Amazon, probably Apple are all putting tons and tons of money and research into this. Are we going to get to the personally for me, I feel the way the PC PC gaming stays ahead of that is we instead of being like musical artists and just simply producing stereo content for 80 years, you make things better. You get to higher resolutions, you get to lower latency. You get to, you know, better color fidelity. You know, you've got 10-bit gaming. That always gets, There's just so many things on the PC that get better and better and better. You, the, one, the one way you stay ahead is fidelity because, you know, again, you get suckers. I mean, like people like Adam that go out and buy a 4K version of the, of the normal Blu-ray something? they have. 
Well, because people, you just want the next best thing, right? You just want the higher fidelity because honestly, 4K Blu-ray does have a place because it, the fidelity is amazing. And then, you know, that as we continue to move up, it's worth it. So I think PC, as long as a PC doesn't just simply get lazy and stop pushing forward, then I think we're okay. But the minute you let streaming, like, to, can anybody tell the difference between stream music and, and, a, and a CD anymore? I mean, people with records sure can tell a difference, but most I, can't. I can. Uh, Gordon, I, I do have a question. This is a serious one, actually. Have you tried to, to use GeForce Now with your uh, your 10 gig uh, new fiber connection? You know, I haven't because I, I have a I have a real gaming console next to me. So I'm, I don't, I'm just I asking, don't, just asking, you know, no, it's, no. Uh, it's actually. I, I need to, though. I, I do need to yeah. try it. Yeah. Um, I think that one thing, sorry, real quick. I think the one thing that's not being addressed about the whole will streaming take over for games question is that uh, one, we have talked about how far in the future we're looking at and two, how good is infrastructure build out going to be? Because there are still a lot of places in the world that don't have the necessary bandwidth for game streaming to really work, even for games that you know don't require like Twitch inputs. Um, so I mean, even parts of the U.S., like they just don't have really great broadband access so i don't think it's really going to be a reality in the short term like even 30 years is like mm. probably the horizon we're looking at i would disagree with that because i i think you know the u.s is about to sink billions and hundreds of billions of dollars in infrastructure including broadband and the unfortunate reality of the united states is we don't care about rural people and that is yeah, that is a horrible horrible existence that we live here so if you are going to stream games to only metropolitan areas and make real money at it, they don't care about anything else. So I, it's always going to be a threat. And the only way to stay ahead of it is to continue to move forward, not do the bare minimum. So it's going to always be a threat. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, I think of physical media is going to stay around for both movies and and gaming for for you know like the like i i i i still see i mean come on it's it's like people are people are still buying vinyls people are still buying cassettes again like even though there's what? Like, that's just a weird like that's a niche though, like it's just like a nostalgia thing there's no like quality it argument be, there uh, and people be. shoot with yeah. film right exactly there's, i mean right? but I, I mean they still but produce I a lot of film so do but you know are you seeing apple make a camera or you I mean, no because I mean, no, it's just not <laughs> no i mean but are, are we seeing canon and nikon are they making film bodies anymore no because it's like you I mean, expect me to DSLRs anymore no i know but nobody's gonna sink 50 million dollars in r&d to make film yeah sure it i just think that sort of like there's people who do all kinds of weird little things but i don't know if that's a real market that that anybody cares about so we I'm, need I'm to saying it's prevent- always going to be there like i, I well, think even if the streaming future is like 95 percent of gamers in 50 years all just stream there's still going to be that five percent that have hardware you know, a yeah, box but, in front of their system but i don't think that counts i think at that point you're basically just a fossil curiosity item in a museum the lesson there is to make sure that what you do on the pc is so good that they can never touch you. So that it's not 5%. Basically, you don't exist at 5%. You need to be 60%, 70% to be relevant. If we ever got to the point where PC gaming was 80% streaming, that's just the one-way ticket to 100% streaming. So, I think 
Adam, what we're, we're seeing here is two conversations where Gordon is just talking about an existential threat to the PC. <laughs> and we're talking about whether or not this is in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, but I mean, that's the thing is I can tell you nobody knows the future. But what I can tell you is the one way to prevent that future is to make sure we do better, not make sure that we have the bare minimum in, in hardware for everybody. And everybody should be happy with $150 graphics cards because nobody should be happy with only $150 graphics cards. Nobody said that. I'm that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, we actually had a, a $5 uh, super chat. Thank you so much from S- Sabishito. Uh, not, not a question, just a comment said uh, a guy at my local micro center said the DOD bought all of their stock of a certain $3,000 gaming laptop. I don't know what that means. So I have so many know. questions about that, but I'm sure it's uh, redacted. <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, 12, 12th gens flying off the shelves in, at government agencies. Uh, Gordon. <laughs> no, I can. I mean, I've heard many, many anecdotal stories of, you know, the DOD is, is doing often stuff that requires big fat GPUs, big fat CPUs, portable in the field. They need a, they need a lot of performance and they have the unlimited credit card of the American taxpayer. So I, I totally believe it. I don't. I don't see why they wouldn't. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, so I've gotten to all the questions in the YouTube chat. If if you do have one specifically, just at at me at PC World. Oh, actually, you know what? I had a ten dollars super chat. Oh, you know what? I'm going to save that one for last. Um, I'm going to go over to Discord. Uh, Doctor Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, um, is asking: Is PC World going to Mobile Mobile World Congress? If you don't know what that is, that's uh, in Barcelona every year. Well, I guess it wasn't the last couple of years, uh, but it's it's primarily a trade show around uh, mobile stuff, so phones and five G and and things like that. We've been in the past, or at least we've sent people back when uh, PC World kind of covered Android and that kind of stuff. But I do know that our sister uh, publication. Uh, tech advisor is going to be there. So they're going to have articles. They're going to have some YouTube videos uh, out of Mobile World Congress. But yeah, nobody from, from our team is going. Uh, but yeah, Barcelona. But Gordon, you think it's ever going to happen anyway? Oh, no, it's, I it's, have it's, not. it's, it's on. Yeah. Sure. Is this still happening in February? Like it used to? Uh, or? Yeah, the end of February, I think, or, or okay. beginning of March. I, I can't remember. Yeah, no, the, this one's on. Um, they they wanted to have it real bad last year still, but it just didn't happen. Or they push it back or something. I, I can't remember. It was depreciated. Um, Dennis Siberian, friend of the show, is asking, is it safe to use a USB hub splitter for connecting RGB-enabled mouse and keyboard to a laptop long-term? USB hub split. So USB hub to R- to RGB mouse and keyboard? Yeah, and it's just simply... It's just simply power and data. I don't see why it would be an issue unless it's just one of those POS $6 USB hubs. Then it's going to be unreliable. You may get disconnects. It may, be, it may overdraw the the hub. So don't buy cheap-ass stuff for that. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Uh, let me do... Oh, you know, another one from front of the show dennis siberian uh do you think when the arc line of gpus will be launched for diy later this year uh can we expect gpu plus cpu combos from intel for affordable prices you know hey 
by by an Intel package. Uh, by that time, the whole 1700 socket platform will be mature enough to justify discounts for motherboards as well. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, no, I I think a lot of people would sort of welcome that capability to to back package everything up, and then I'm sure you're going to get people who are going to go, this is illegal bundling, or who knows, kind of like screaming and gnashing of teeth of that. But you know, again, if that is one thing that gets people to, uh, especially DIYers, gets them to hardware, that's probably not a bad idea as long as it passes, you know, in, you know, muster by regulators. I don't see how that wouldn't though because intel has zero zero uh, control of graphics market so i mean outside igp hmm. might be an interesting thing to to get into though right um oh, actually this is a funny one from liquid r front of the show liquid r said uh if if a pc build includes both pc components and an internal nintendo switch on an internal hdmi switcher in the same pc case is it a pc or an abomination in the book of gordon i will say actually gordon we've seen one of those we we saw it at ces a couple years ago we we did a video on it uh which was actually pretty, pretty hilarious origin Origin, I think. No, was it was Gear. No, it was Main Gear. No, Main Gear. Yeah, it was Main Gear. Yeah. So Main uh, Gear, they, they slipped it into front of their uh, machines. It was a Switch, right? That yeah, it was a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it had like a... I mean, it kind of... All it was was a capture card plugged into the, the motherboard. So, you know, it's not like it was switching between the two. It was more like, oh, you run your PC, you plug in the Switch, turn on OBS or whatever, and, and there it is. Yeah. Uh, it was a cool CES um, show-off thing. And, and Gordon was thinking. very confused by Mario... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Elena, you're thinking of another similar computer that Origin did. did yeah, I think, I'm thinking similar of their vein. their PlayStation Xbox yeah. mashup. Yeah, yeah, the big big O. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, actually, here's a good one. Mike Brazone is asking: Is there still a MacWorld magazine in web form? Uh, there actually is. Yeah, our our colleagues over at MacWorld, just like PC World, have a a digital edition of the magazine. Uh, it's still still going strong on on both accounts. So, uh, and then e- Eternal Duo A is asking uh, if Gordon was a current generation graphics card, which one would he be? Thirty ninety Ti. Yeah, it, he he wants to be a thirty ninety Ti. <laughs> best of the best. Yeah, he. That's interesting. I think he would go Nvidia. I don't think he pick. I don't think he. I would. mean, like you're sort of thinking things that sort of represent your personality and and what you are. So, I'm Gordon's just like the biggest, shiniest, bigger bar, better. What's got the biggest bars? No, but I mean, you know, if you're thinking about hardware taking on a personality, then also ancient hardware. So it would have to be old. An R9 290X. Loud. Yeah. Big, fast. Loud. The uh, 295. <laughs> R9 295X. Yeah, maybe. You know, but maybe, yeah, 295 was way too much. Like, yeah, that was way too over the top. I mean, no, I, I just, <laughs> I mean, just some old POS, maybe like a, what, what would it be like? It'd probably be like maybe a 970 because you had like, we, we give you four gigs, but a half of it doesn't really work. Like, you know, 500 megs if it doesn't really work right. So that's probably about right. Maybe a GTX 970. Was that the one that had that problem? Remember? It was like, oh, four yeah, gigs, so sort of. About it, if I remember yeah, right. it was four kind of gigs, Ish. like 3.5 or something. It's got the memory on there. It doesn't work. So that's about right. I think it'd be a 970. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's pretty funny. No, I mean, that is makes that, a lot is of that sense. Because of, is that because of where you are in life age-wise, or that's because how you've always been that way? <laughs> no, it, it makes sense because, I mean, at the same time, because who's going to – like if if somebody says, oh, what would you be in personality? Well, I'm clearly a 3090 Ti. Like, what the hell kind of like – you must love yourself, right? That's just sort of like <laughs> – Anybody who says is like, okay, whatever. <laughs> 970, it's just, it's old, it's slow, it's got quarks. It was like class action suit. That'd be perfect. That's Actually, perfect. Um, uh, friend of the show, Kyle from uh, Hard OCP TV, uh, says uh, fat, hot, and loud, a 290X crossfire. <laughs> okay, see? Yeah, That's... another old timers. Old timers don't look like, oh, I'm not going to say I'm something new. You got to like, you, re- you recognize your timer so yeah <laughs> true true oh, i like that okay um we, we got a serious question from uh, avi d uh based on the 12 12900hk performance what should we expect from 12th gen ultrabook power uh and efficiency have, have you have you gotten around to reviewing any of the lower end i haven't seen the the p parts yet and for me that's the P parts are exciting because you're getting 14 cores. We'll see how much they're nerfed because of the thermals um, and the form factor. But I think, you know, my guess is they're going to crush AMD at the things, the things that AMD has been crushing them on, which is core count. Ultra Lake P is going to crush Ryzen on, on core count. And then also you have, you know, fairly decent performance out of those, um, those performance cores. So I, it's hard to, I think, you know they're probably going to win as as well as they did on on H and HK parts um, against the existing you know Ryzen parts. That to me is is pretty clear. I'm not sure where the the U parts go because that's I'm not even sure which slot top surges are going to go into because they're they're putting 14 core you know Alder Lake P's into you know XPS 13 plus. So what, what do you what do you think about uh, like battery life things like that? Yeah, th- I, that's actually I'm I'm excited to see. I definitely I'm excited to see how that goes because that'll be make or break. Battery life to me matters way more in those kind of thin form factors. I think it'll actually be very competitive with Tiger Lake, which wasn't horrible. Will you know? Of course, everybody wants to compare it to M1, but I know that's fun. The media likes it, but it's just kind of stupid in a lot of ways because it really should be compared to other Windows machines. So we'll see how it does on. Battery performance versus AMD and also performance on battery on AMD versus AMD, which I think is very important too, because AMD has, you know, they've gone for that. Let's lean the battery out. Let's lean performance out so much to get maximum battery life. They give up a lot of those high boost clocks in AMD or Intel's usually gone for. We're going to give you very responsive feel, probably costing you some power. It's something that I, I need to look at when we get that point, but, um, I think you sort of pick what works for you. And then the silly thing is, oh, my God, look at the Cinebench score for the new Alder Lake P parts. What are you running on your laptop? I'm running Word. and Who cares, right? <laughs> that, but everybody will get excited. Oh, my God, look at Cinebench. And, you know, and I can't blame Intel because that AMD has been beating their brains in like, oh, look at our multi-core performance on a laptop. 90% of you are running Word and Chrome on, so... 
Uh, okay. Uh, um, uh, in the absence of uh, any other questions, I, I got two from friend of the show, uh, VC Jester. The first one, he gave a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. And said, Gordon, do you have a bolt cutter on that Leatherman? Uh, I lost my my still equipment overnight, and I know you were trying to find stuff at Home Depot nearby. You know, I don't have a bolt cutter on the Leatherman, but I bought cutters at like a yard sale. And I didn't need them. And then I had to continue my hike for another four miles with bolt cutters, which I thought looked really suspicious in the city I live in. But I didn't get arrested. So I do have like a pretty decent, I think, 14-inch bolt cutter. So and then a, like a like a ten, like what do you need with two of them? But you know, it's on sale. What are you gonna do? What do you, so? What are you gonna do, Elena? What are you gonna do? You gotta buy them. It's Ace Ace Hardware brand. Ace Hardware brand. So. <laughs> Not great. Okay. Uh, and then the last one from VC Jester uh, was over on Discord. Um, Gordon, oh, it's not It's not a question. It's just a comment. Uh, Gordon, I've been eating your southern food uh, recently, and so far Taco Bell, McDonald's, and Burger King all taste the same as our northern food. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I can't expect that to be better. I would, although, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Do we have more questions? Uh, no, I, th- I think we're good. Because I have, I have a follow-up to the console oh. definition. Oh, please. Did I've you get looked, it from... Where, I have looked in the Oxford English Dictionary, which is the definitive source for tracking the history of words and how they come into use. So this is, this is not a bunch of, as uh, Gordon characterized them, a bunch of people gathering around to hand down edicts from the elite. This is a record, a history of how this is being used by the people. And in definition 3B, def- defines a console as a desk cabin or the like, incorporating switches, dials, etc. for the control of electrical or other apparatus, a control panel, a switchboard. So by that definition, <laughs> that is, yeah, it's a, a different kind of console <laughs> is yes, but it, a steam deck does fall under that definition because you are controlling it through these physical manual kind of things that are not a mouse keyboard. So, uh, and if that's not good enough, I've also looked up the specific definition for games console and Picking out uh, references from 1977, 1992, and 2009, their definition is a device onto which computer games can be loaded and played, originally one requiring a connection to a television, and also in later use, a small handheld device incorporating its own screen. Wait, it said play computer games, though? Isn't that kind of funny? The definition of a console is that it plays computer games? I mean... I know, but yeah. It, Gordon, it doesn't thoughts. Mean yes. <laughs> I, uh, have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah, of course. I'm the, you're about to quote it anyway. So. The Malibu <laughs> police chief is talking to the dude. And I was just going to say, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't listening. So it's, yeah, it's fair. I'm just sorry. You I mean, don't like to listen when sorry. you're wrong. It's no, okay. because I'm sorry <laughs> that if you said like, oh my God, so-and-so streamer on this, like has got 6 million followers. And also the followers, the people on Reddit said this is a game console. In my book, that is way more weight than a bunch of English nerds like this sitting around trying to like. I just specifically nerds, just, yeah. I just told you specifically how the OED comes to their definitions. This the is who? a catalog, the history. The who? 
OED, Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah, a bunch of English nerds. Like coming up with some like They're historians. You know what I like? They're you know what I, oh yes, yes. You know what I like about English majors? Like, you know what? It's fine. You can't have it's a dangling okay. participle. Uh, okay, now look. Let me tell you something. If you said like, look, if you knock this electron out of this, you're it's it's gonna blow up. You're gonna cause fission because you're moving. You're literally moving an electron out of this atom. That's dangerous. Okay, that's science. When you're talking about a dangling participle. That is made up baloney, okay? It's like actually moving electron, actual thing, physical, actually agreed upon rule by a bunch of bunch of people who managed to crawl out of a tree and somehow survive not being eaten all the millions of years later. That is not the same as moving an electron out of something. So I don't care what they say. That's the OED. Who cares? They're a bunch of English nerds. Trying to make us think like, oh, you're ding- dangling participle, whatever. Who cares? LDR or Gordon doesn't like historians. Okay, good to yeah. know. Uh, here we go, but Gordon. I got one. History for you. is made up too. <laughs> Gordon, I, here here you go. You know what? Forget those 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 snobbly English types, right? Uh, I I looked snob last week, by the way. I, I just yeah. want to put that out there. We have it on tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a snob about hardware, but it's called stay in your lane. OED. I'm not going to use for technical advice. Which how which how much DDR5 should I buy OED? Well, definitely you need. You really should go for lower clock DDR5. Well, what do you know? Well, because you know. We're the Oxford English, whatever. Come on! All right, all right, let's let's go to the people with this one, Gordon. I looked, <laughs> I looked up an Urban Dictionary. Okay, what a console is, right? You, you okay? Wanna, you I would give people? more. That is way more relevant. The Ox, the Urban Dictionary is way more relevant on this, right? than OED. <laughs> or what do they say? Uh, well, the, the, the first, yeah, the, there's, there's a couple that don't make sense, uh, or to what we're talking about. The, the second one is, is pertinent to video game consoles, a computer intended for limited use interactions, such as an NES or the PlayStation. Such computers are intended only for loading single programs in one session, although newer consoles are able to perform such feats as getting on the internet, networking between other consoles of the same type, and even running various operating systems compiled for its internals. Common input devices for consoles includes controllers, joysticks, and arcade pads. I'd say it's a little outdated because it's yeah they're they're not single programs in one session anymore, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there you go. I, I I connected my controller to my PC, so it, it's a console. You're, you're right. I, I'm just saying there's just there's way more. The Urban Dictionary has more weight than the OED in the, the real OED world. OED is the old school version of the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except the one thing is people on Urban Dictionary go like, it's just some a-hole that just edited that in 10 minutes. I realize that. With the OED, it's like, that we've come down from the mountain with this definition. <laughs> Whatever. They didn't come down from the mountain. They took it from. You know what? That's okay. It's all right. You yeah, can. You yeah. just can hate the word historians. It's all right. We all have our things. Sure. All right, uh, Gordon, uh, take us out of here, please. <laughs> Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review every time you do. Some English nerd at the OED makes up some advice that somebody then cites to somebody because, well, it's it's from the experts at the OED. It must be correct. 
Please send questions and comments to the phone there at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Elaine Yee. Uh, so today I learned that Brad has some crazy facts stored in his head. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> and Anna Patrick Murray. Oh, no. Watch out for that thumb. <laughs> watch out. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, I didn't roll the intro. That's what I was going to do. Wait, here we go. Ha, ha, ha.